0: Hello, this is the Buddhism Guide podcast, and I'm Kama Yeshi Rabge. You can find more of my podcasts, as well as blogs, videos, and guided meditation practices at buddhismguide.org. If you wish, you can support future episodes of this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash buddhismguide. I hope you enjoy this podcast. This episode is called uh, 37 Practices, Part 5. In this podcast, I'll be talking about uh, verses 10 and 11. So verse 10 states, The practice of all the buddhisattvas is to arouse buddha-chitta so as to bring freedom to all sentient beings infinite in number. For how can true happiness ever be found while our mothers, who have cared for us throughout the ages, endure such pain? So what this uh, verse is talking about is compassion. So if we could see each other as all human beings, then maybe we could have compassion for each other. But the problem is that we start to categorize people. We start to see them as black and white and brown. We see them as uh, tall and short. We see them, they're educated, uneducated, they're gay, they're straight. We categorize everybody. We put them into, into little boxes. And when we do that, of course, we start to discriminate. We start to say, then, I like this type of person and I don't like that type of person. And then we give the compassion to the people we like and we don't give it to the people we don't like. So that's the problem when we can't see ourselves as human beings. We see ourselves as different identities. So in Buddhism... Everybody is like your mother. Everybody has been your mother. So it doesn't matter if you believe in rebirth or not here. I mean, it's a good practice to think that every person I see has been my mother. Now I know some, uh, particularly in the West, some people have not got on with their mothers. Their mothers have abused them. So instead of mothers, they can pick uh, somebody who has cared for them, who has sacrificed for them. But usually we would say, this is a mother is that she sacrifices for her children. She does things, everything. She will go without to look after her children. So the the greatest sacrifice comes from the mother. So we have compassion for our mother. So then if we see that everybody has been our mother, then that means we have compassion for them. So we see that if you believe in rebirth, we've all been born many, many times, So then that person has been your mother in the past. And if you don't believe in rebirth, then anyway, just see that this person is your mother and treat them like that. So then we're not going to discriminate. We're going to see that this person is just like my mother. So then, I wouldn't treat my mother badly, so I'm not going to treat this person badly. So for me, I think it's a great way to to start building compassion, where everybody you see, you see them as a mother. You see them as somebody who has sacrificed for you, somebody who has done good for you, somebody who's been kind to you. Then compassion naturally comes in you. So it's a really good way of building compassion. And when we're talking about compassion, I'm talking that we have to have compassion for all people. So we tend to give compassion to the people we think, we think, deserve it. Not people that actually may deserve it, but people we believe deserve it. We will be the one who chooses who I give my compassion to. So when we think like that, we're not actually giving compassion. We're just discriminating. We're just being kind to the people that we want to be kind to, and just ignoring the people that we don't. But you know, that's not compassion. I mean, it says here that the buddhisattva, the person who's on the path to awakening, has compassion for everybody. And how can we settle, how can we be happy with ourselves when other people are suffering? So. Your mother is suffering, so how can you be happy? We can only be happy when everybody has been brought out of suffering, mental and physical suffering. So we have to have compassion for all people, not just the people who you think deserve it, but for the people you think that don't deserve it. The point is that we don't know people's backstories. We have no idea what has led a person to be acting in such a way. So we don't have the right to discriminate. We can't say, oh, that's a bad person. We don't know. They may have had an awful life that has led them to that point. They've done something awful because they just can't take it anymore or they've just been brought up that way. So we can't see people's backstories. So we shouldn't go around judging people We shouldn't go around criticizing them and trying to categorize them as bad people and these are good people. We should look that everybody deserves my compassion. Now remember here, compassion means that we don't want people to suffer and we want them to have peace of mind. We want them to be at peace. That's compassion. So you're not saying that this criminal who did a bad thing when I give my compassion to them, it means I accept their behavior. We're not accepting their behavior. It's not about the act they've done. It's about the person. It's about giving compassion to the person and not agreeing with their act. Even though that person has done a bad thing, I don't want them to suffer. I want them to be at peace and have a peaceful mind. That is what compassion is. It's nothing to do with the action that they've done. It's everything to do with the person itself. So everybody deserves compassion. So the way to build this is to actually see everybody as our mother. Understand that everybody has been our mother and we have compassion for them. It's a good way of building compassion. If you can't do that, if it's impossible you have had a bad mother or bad experiences, then see everybody's a human being. Take off all this uh, categorizing and all this identity and just see them exactly like me. We are the same species. Whether you're black or white, whether you're this or that, it makes no difference. We are the same species. So either you see us as the same species, or you see everybody as your mother. But both ways are going to help you have true compassion for everybody. And only then, when we have true compassion for everybody, can we say, I'm a compassionate person. If you think you're a compassionate person and you only give them to certain people, then you're not a compassionate person. So, people need to think on that point and think about it and think about, who do I give my compassion to? And why don't I give them to this other person? And am I actually looking at their behavior and not looking at the person? Compassion means we're looking at the person, not at their actions, not at their behavior. Then verse 11. The practice of all bodhisattvas is to make a genuine exchange of one's own happiness and well being for all the suffering of others. Since all misery comes from seeking happiness for oneself alone, whilst perfect Buddhahood is born from the wish of others' good. So here it's talking about if you're being selfish and you're just looking for your own happiness you're only looking out for, I want to be happy. Then that's not what a bodhisattva will do. A bodhisattva will be looking at happiness for everybody. Now actually the word they're using here is happiness, and I don't think that it's a good word to use, because happiness is such a short-lived thing. So if we're wishing that everybody be happy, we're just wishing that they'll have short moments of happiness. So after those short moments of happiness will come sadness. I believe we shouldn't be thinking that happiness is what we should be wishing on people. Peace of mind, to have a peaceful mind is what we should be looking at. Because if your mind is at peace, then it doesn't matter what happens in the world. If people throw bad things at you, because your mind is at peace, you'll be able to deal with them. If people uh, are laughing and enjoying themselves and they are being happy, when your mind is at peace, you'll understand this happiness is not going to last. But while it's here, I'll enjoy it. So I think what we should be looking for is not happiness. We should be looking for peace. Peace of mind. To have a calm and peaceful mind. Which we'll only get through meditation, mindfulness and reflection. So... We have to wish that everybody has a peaceful mind. Ourselves, of course, and everybody else. The way that we can do that is to do this Tonglen practice. So Tonglen means to give and to receive. So it's a giving and receiving. So we're giving compassion. We're receiving their suffering. So for some people, it's a very difficult practice to do because they get a little scared about taking on people's suffering because they think then that they'll suffer. But this isn't a practice where you're going to actually take somebody's sickness away from them and then put it on yourself. It's just a practice to build up compassion in you. So if somebody has cancer and then you, take that cancer, you visualize you're breathing in that cancer and breathing out compassion to that person. It doesn't mean that, you know, you take the cancer away from people and you give yourself cancer. So it isn't about that. It's about a state of mind. It's about having compassion for people. Because if I'm taking your suffering and sending out compassion. We can only do that with a compassionate mind. If you are not a compassionate person, you don't have a compassionate mind, then you're not gonna be taking on people's suffering. You're not gonna bother about people's suffering. You're gonna worry about your own happiness. You'll be worried about your own peace of mind. The way that we should be approaching this is to do a Tonglen practice. If you go to my um, app, the Buddhism Guide app, there is a guided Tonglen practice there. So what we do is we start by thinking of a friend that is suffering at the moment. Now this can be emotional suffering or it can be physical suffering. We visualize this friend and we visualize their suffering. And then as we breathe in, we breathe in their suffering. And as we breathe out, we breathe out compassion to this person. Then we pick a neutral person, somebody that we see, maybe a shopkeeper or somebody in the street we see all the time. We don't know them. We don't know anything about them, never spoken to them. They're a neutral person in our life. We neither like them or dislike them. They're totally neutral. So we all suffer. So this person has suffered either emotionally or physically in the past. So we visualize this person, and we visualize that in the past in some way they've suffered. So then we take that suffering, we breathe in that suffering, and we breathe out compassion to that person. And then we take somebody that we're not very friendly with at the moment, somebody we dislike, who also will be suffering. So again, we breathe in their suffering and breathe out compassion. And you can go one step forward. You can think of the, whole, the suffering in the whole world, which is quite a lot of suffering. But visualize maybe the poor people or, you know, sick people or whatever in the world. And you breathe in all the, their suffering and breathe out compassion to them. What this is doing, this practice, when you do it on a regular basis, is building up compassion. It's easy to have compassion for our friend. It's not so easy to have compassion for the neutral person or for the person we dislike. So it's helping us to build up compassion in those people. And usually then we would finish by doing the purification practice to make you feel good that maybe you are a little worried that you've breathed in all this suffering. Afterwards, doing the purification, we breathe in white smoke. And this white smoke is pure white smoke of compassion. And we breathe in this white smoke. And as we breathe out, we breathe out the black smoke. And in this black smoke is all that suffering that we've taken on board. So we keep breathing in the white, and this pure white smoke is pushing all the black smoke out. So if we had any worries that we've taken on somebody's suffering, then now we've released that suffering. So the practice is called Tonglen. It's uh, taking and receiving practice. And it's a wonderful practice to do to help you build compassion. Because once you've done that, once you've um, breathed in compassion, particularly for the disliked people and the neutral people, you start having compassion. You start to understand, yeah, actually, those people are just like me. They're suffering, just like I'm suffering. They want to have a peaceful mind, just like I want to have a peaceful mind. So going back to the, the first verse, where everybody is exactly the same. We're all the same species. We all suffer emotionally and physically. We all go through pain. We all go through happiness. We're exactly the same. So these two practices today are helping us to understand that everybody is the same. I shouldn't discriminate. I shouldn't be looking at people and categorizing them as I like them, I don't like them, or they're from India, they're from America. We shouldn't have these categorization. We should look that they are human beings. They are the same as me. And as human beings, they suffer. And as human beings, They just want peace of mind. And so these two practices, seeing everybody as a human being, the same species, or seeing them as your mother, and doing the Tonglen practice, is going to build up true and lasting compassion in you. I said true compassion, because it means a compassion for everybody, not a discriminating compassion. And lasting, because once we have compassion for everybody, that compassion will stay because now we've changed our mind. Now we're not looking at, I like that group of people, I don't like that group of people. Now we're just seeing people. And once you do that, then this compassion will grow and it will stay with you. And then most definitely, you'll be on the path towards awakening. This is the end of this podcast, but don't forget You can find more of my podcasts at buddhismguide.org. Thank you so much for listening. And until the next time, bye.